Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us once again. Yep. Today we are covering the St. Kilda Football Club. We are. Also known as the second on the list of minor premiers for 2019. So the second, not yes. by minor premiers. <laughs> but the eventual premiers, I bet they hope. That's for our friend, um, what was his name, Saint? Uh, and my cousin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Like yeah, why not? Go the Saints. Get in. Go the Saints. Um, first things first, you can follow us on our socials. Facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. And we are also on uh, Twitter, so SC underscore Insider underscore. Yep. And Twitch, Chris? Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash SC underscore Insider. And, of course, on YouTube and SoundCloud as Supercoach Insider and all major uh, podcast platforms. Yes. Including... Including Spotify, including SoundCloud, iTunes, and, yeah, everywhere. Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Google, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all so, of those guys. Look, please show us some love. However you like it, we can deliver for you. Know, you. We, we haven't had in a while. We haven't had some like online reviews. Let's yeah. get in some online recommendations, guys. Chuck some five stars on there. We've already had twenty five. Well, give what you wish for. <laughs> hey, let's get some online reviews. Lockie Hunter, yeah. stay away, mate. We don't need any more one stars for you this year. But uh, yeah, please do show us some love. Uh, we, yeah, we do this out of our own goodwill. One thing that's working really well is we're having some good community feedback on um, our, our YouTube videos, and it's a really great forum for chatting. So we can chat back and forth about the actual content of the video, um, which works really quite well. And we've had quite a lot of people doing that and asking questions live there, which is a good spot to do it if you guys want to. Obviously, you can hit us up on our other socials as well, but a lot of people are doing that. Um, also, I like the with uh, you know Twitch that direct feedback too. Yeah, yeah. So when they can just kind of say, oh, this, this, and that, and then yeah, you, know, you can actually get involved. And and I also think it's also nice to hear your name. Yeah. You know, you don't, there's not many podcasts out there. Like you might listen back to you know podcast A because mm. I'm not going to plug them today, bastards. Jr. is <laughs> all the way. Sainers, yes. Well done, Jr. He's there. Uh, anyway, I think it's also good to hear your name back because you don't get that with many other platforms. That's true. Yeah. Um, and something that I'd like to thank the entire community about is um, in the last eight days across YouTube and SoundCloud, and we still we haven't released all of our pods on SoundCloud. No. We're actually up to over 4,200 listens in the last eight days, which is insane, guys. So that's more than 10, that's over 10% of our entire last year. Yes. In the first eight days of the season. No, I'm stoked. And I did did put out a little story there and Stonesy bloody ripped me for it. But yeah, the difference is we're recording on Twitch and then I have to take this footage and then, you know, the format it was in didn't like it. So I had to then try and convert it. And then my, the program expires. I had to download another program and then I'm busy too. So we actually have lives. Yeah, pretty much. And and I'm, I like, as you can probably tell, last year when we started off if for those who have been with us the whole way it started off a little shaky with quality and then you kind of make tweaks and try and work out what sounds good for us it really got better as soon as we changed the song right (laughs) yeah pretty much but no but once you know what setup's good and then now we're using a different sort of area so the acoustics are different so then you have to try to make tweaks and i i'm a perfectionist where i try and make it sound good for you to then hear it back and we will be even better soon because i'm actually moving into a townhouse that i just purchased and that has nbn so in-depth will be a lot better, which means hopefully we can stream 720 yep. or 1080p. So Chris gets the easy part. I'm the one doing the after editing, so I do apologize. Yeah, and we are. The idea is to have it actually just a day later, but um, I'll, I'll release a few more because I need to get all of these out, Chris, before I go away to Heyman because otherwise the kind folks won't have anything to listen to for, it could be 10 days. So, yeah, so I need to get everything out. We will. And um, I think that's why we're a little bit early. So I know a lot of other podcast groups aren't actually, they're not even up to really where can we, I, we can are. I, I should have put a disclosure on that chris yeah uh, no i'm not going to get everything out okay <laughs> um you know it's a metaphor for getting all the content and the quality out um Sandy said sorry okay you can take it yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah we will uh everything that we are doing here i will try and have released by sunday because uh like i said i'll be away so i don't want everyone to wait eight or nine days just because of me so i'm going to try and do the rest so i think i have about nine teams to now Go through and upload. So. The other thing that's um, pretty cool, that, and I don't think they'll mind us um, just alluding to this a little bit, is that we have uh, contacted some podcast groups to do some collab work with. 
Yeah. Um, which I think would be pretty cool. I think cool. it would be funny if we talked to, like, you know, doing this with Twitch and having some call-ins and doing a few other things. Yeah. Uh, finding out some, some other... Some of your other favourite super coaches out there. Other top... Podcasts yeah, well, what well. their top 10 is. Maybe they'll want to include Menengola in their top 10 this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little shout-out just quietly, but uh, let's move into it, so... All right, same as let's get into it. So, look, they had a really positive start to the... Yeah, I know. I just listed that wrong. Had a really positive start to 2018, and it all went pear-shaped really quickly. Um, so they lost in round two to North Melbourne by eight goals, um, a seven goal, and then a nine goal defeat also followed before Jake Carla dropped a mark inside 50 oh. that would have scored them the, uh, the win against GWS. And that was a dead set drop. Oh. And he even said it after the game. So props to Jake Carla for saying, look, it wasn't a free kick. I just should have taken the mark. Like, and that was really upsetting at the time. Actually, I don't think he said it so eloquently as that. No. I think he said the ball... He said, oh, was... No, no, he's like, the ball came in, it was a bit high, but I probably should have marked it. It's like, well, no shit, you... He's Pilates. No, yeah, you should have marked it. Yeah, Pilates. Um, Every time I hear Pilates, I think of pies and lattes. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, look, lots of... Si- they had a, a splattering of injuries, and I'll just go through a few of them. So A splattering? The, a splattering. These guys had five <laughs> games or more where they missed because of injury. We had uh, Jimmy Webster, uh, Dylan Robertson, of course, uh, Billy Longer, both of which were pretty much out for the Can't entire season. I can't believe you put Robertson on your list. I mean, Chris, I wouldn't have had the heart to put him on my list. <laughs> Not a two-in-one joke, that one. That was. <laughs> it was good. Um, Akers, so Blake Akers, uh, David Armitage, uh, Carlisle, uh, Josh Bruce, pretty much out for the season. Uh, Luke Dunstan, uh, whether it was form or injury, um, Nathan Brown, basically their entire spine. Well, so from the front to the back, was Armitage, was, was, was Armitage injured or was he just dropped on form? Because I think, I think he just got dropped. Nah, it was both. He, his body's questionable at the best of times. I think it just sucked. Uh, no, he actually had a... I've got some good stats on Armitage. All right. It's all good. Okay. We'll get into that. Okay. Dig a little deeper. Uh, I think they... Look, they've traded well, and uh, they've got... I think they've gone to the draft really, really well in this offseason. I really think that they're... With luck, they can see 9 to 13 this year. I'm optimistic enough to get them there, but I'm not quite optimistic enough to put them in the eight, even though the year before I had them on the verge. Yep. So I think that they did drop into a cliff, off a cliff, sorry, with um, a lot of injuries. I can't believe I put them into the eight in my predictions this year. Did you really? Yeah, I, had them at, yeah, I, had, I think I had, I had ninth or tenth. I had Melbourne seventh and Saints at eighth. Yeah, I'd like to really look at my, what I I also had. had West Coast Eagles sitting yeah. uh, third or fourth last. So I, I had, had Pies in twelfth spot this year. Yeah. So... Goes to show. Goes to show you. We don't know everything. Yeah, like old mate Adelaide podcast. I'm going to, again, rip you. They could be top eight. Calm down. They could be top eight. (laughs) Draw difficult. They they have the easiest draw according to champion data. Yay! Their double up games against Melbourne, who they actually won a game against last year. Um, Adelaide, Frio, Gold Coast, and Carlton. That's awesome. Fremantle, Gold Coast, and Carlton. Yeah. Count your blessings. Yeah, so there should be some wins there. And and they've got to maximize those wins. They've got to win both against Carlton. They've got to win both against the Gold Coast. Yep. Take one away from Frio, take one away from Adelaide, and, and look, if they'd lose both to Melbourne, then it doesn't matter. But um, that's what they need to do. They need to approach that. It does give them a good launch to assault on the A. I'm not sure if they can quite get there. Five, six-day breaks and no five-day breaks, so that's all right as well. Yeah, they're probably playing a lot more Sunday games. Yeah. Um, tough start to the year after round one. So they've got goal, um, So they've got round one with the Gold Coast, which they should win. Then they've got Bombers, Frio away, Hawks, Melbourne, then Adelaide at home. Giants, Eagles, Pies. That's a really tough start. So yeah. arguably the hardest eight rounds they face, and then it gets a lot easier. So if they can come out of that eight, at those first eight games with two or three wins... I think they should be able to do... Even Fremantle away, I think they should be able to give it a pretty good shake. They'll give it a shake, yeah. yeah. I, I can't... I, they that, they do need to a, start well. Cons- that's not compared a to, win. Compared to how they started last yeah. year, I think, yeah, they need to... I think Hawks now. You know, they yeah. can take a Hawks down pretty early. So, I mean... They, if they came out of that four and four, you'd well, be mate, stoked as a Saint. I guess supporter. a Saint better throw a spear to get a hook down. <laughs> Visual joke. <laughs> Jeez, um, they have the round twelve, 12 by, which is great for upgrading, of course. Um, they share that with the Bombers, Frio, Hawks, Port, and Dogs. So I do think that, that if there are premiums that are showing up and you need to get on, you can obviously upgrade them after that. It helps. Yeah, don't start a billings. Um, <laughs> upgrade special. I've got a, I've got a highlight here as well. Directly following the buy for St. Kilda, they then face um, the Gold Coast and the Lions straight after. Bang. Um, right before they face Richmond. So if you're going to get a, a couple of good rounds of points, that's uh, there's no um, no better way to do so. Yep. However, Lions aren't easy beats like they were last year or the last 10 years or however. When was the premiership? 15 oh, years? 
Jeez, I actually sent Chris a little joke earlier today, and it was like Thank the you. ten year challenge or whatever it is, and it was like yeah, ten years, and it was like the Brisbane Lion. Uh, no, not Brisbane Lions. No, the Brisbane Broncos, Broncos. The Broncos cabinet ten years ago compared to today. It's like there's still no trophies. That 2015 <laughs> will live years. in infamy. Yeah, it will live in infamy. They call it. Well, I guess that's sheet. the same as the Brisbane Lions. So the trophy cabinet for the last ten years, ten year challenge is pretty much. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything to you at the time. I thought it was a little bit harsh. <laughs> All right. Uh, off-season trades, drafts, and recruits. So let's get into it. Um, Hannabury and Dean Kent were their ins. Yep. I think ins. both really good ins. Um, yep. And out was Hickey. So Catch you later. They got longer. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, I will go into Billy Longer. I think there's a, a lot to go into there. But let's go into the rookies. Yep. There is some um, important ones. Number four. I know Chris has got me off the wagon, I think. With longer, yeah. yeah. I think he should be and on I, no one's wagon. I, I hate you for it, but then I, I think, do as well because he's so you. convenient. Thank you for looking out for me, though, Chris, because I've been on the longer train for a little while. Just because he's cheap, I love cheap. Long train coming, bang! No. I love cheap. Bang, I go to Thailand. Bang. It's like twenty-five baht here, twenty-five baht there. Oh, twenty-five baht. Yeah, it's a dollar because <laughs> I'm cheap. Yes, yeah, cool. Go on. All right, uh, pick number four, Max King. Um, we've really gone through him already, of course, in the uh, Gold Coast podcast, but obviously. Really highly touted, absolute wrecking ball. Yeah. Uh, t- how big is he? Two hundred and four centimeters, eighty six kilos. Slow and steady approach, though, Chris. It is. Coming he won't be playing until at least mid season. So uh, Alan Richardson has already tempered oh, wow. expectations and said uh, we won't be putting you in until at least mid season. So it's not going to be relevant early, but he could obviously be relevant late. Um, did his ACL in oh April last year, I believe. Yep, April last year. And they do. They want to make sure that he's one hundred percent before they start throwing him into the line. So he's the only way he's going to be super coach relevant this year, Chris, because he starts off with a couple stinkers. Because <laughs> yeah, he's true. too expensive. He's way too expensive. Too expensive. One hundred ninety-three k. Like a I'm not rookie. bringing in someone close to two hundred k to make. I'm want, actually hoping he doesn't want play cash. this year. Well, you want cash, yes. If he doesn't right. play this year, gets even a twenty percent discount. Comes in at one fifty, one sixty next yeah, year. Even better. I'd be happy with that. Um, so you can't pick him. Don't worry about him. Um, he's not going to be playing anywhere near the, the start. I'd actually say the same about Jack Bartel, who was their next pick in number 41. Uh, one to watch, though, uh, but he had a, uh, a back issue, um, and he, they're still nursing it. He's not in full training yet. Um, they're still, he's still in the rehab group. But he is a tall, bullocking midfielder who loves a tackle, averages six per game over his two years at Call the Cannons, where he co-captained the team. Um, and he slid down the draft because of his bad back. So if he gets game, and I think he will get games this year. Well, geez, I hope Saints didn't pick him, hoping he can carry the team. <laughs> I should have got Dylan Shield because his shoulders are great. Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, so, but look, 188 centimeters, 79 kilos. He can spend some time in the gym. Hey, quick, quick little survey, Chris. Who has the worst shoulders between Rockliffe and Shield? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Rockliffe, sure. Yeah, yeah. Continually getting tune-ups over there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, look. I, I think from an SE perspective, I, I do think. Hold on, let me just change this. We haven't even put any. Um, you got there. Richmond up. It's all good. Oh, no, it's not there. It's, we're in the full scene over here. Jeez, Chris. Look at this lighting. So, but look at this, this epic lighting. It's like got pies. The pies. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, Jack Bartel, 188 centimetres, 79 kilos. Uh, he, unfortunately, so here's the thing. So he's, he's likened to a sort of ad, uh, Patrick Coops the way he plays because he has a two-to-one handball-to-kick ratio. Not great for super coach, but, he, you know, that big body, big tackle numbers. Um, 80% by hand. And only fifty-eight percent by foot, so at least he knows his deficiency. Um, so he do, he's, they've got a lot to work with there with Jack Bytel, and I do think he'll play this year, especially if they need a big midfielder to come in. But it'll be a, a wait and see, one hundred percent. Problem is, Saints have got a lot of guys on the inside. That's why they got Hanabry. Yeah, you know, someone on the outside. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's valid. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, anyway, on to the next one. So, pick 47, uh, Matthew Parker, 117k yep. forward. Mature age recruit, played two successive seasons at South, um, at South Fremantle in the Waffle. This year played 20 games, kicking 27 goals and averaging four tackles per game. So is that small pressure forward? Oh, sorry. I lie. Large pressure forward. He's 187 centimeters and 79 kilos. Good size. So, uh, that sort of mid forward type that also applies full pressure, which I, I know AFL teams... Mid-sized marking forwards who can also apply tackle pressure. Yes. Yeah. Very. I think that's also the thing with the Saints. They're not that set in their forward line. Yeah. It's, you mean McCartan, yeah, but you know, well, we're in headgear now. Hopefully that suits him well. But I'm really keen to see what he can do. But other than that, like Loney and stuff, it's like, well, yeah. they, they could easily change their setup. Well, I think Loney's going to be struggling for game time this year. And, yep. you know, fair call, really, to be honest. Um, I, I, 
I think someone the, the way that they've recruited, they've recruited a lot of small forwards, and it bodes to moving someone like Jack Billings into the midfield. Hopefully. <laughs> Well, he says, I, again, I say hoping. that with caution because I don't want to be the, the cause of your terrible year. But the way that they've recruited, they've recruited mature age forward recruits that can come into the team tomorrow and start impacting you from day one. So does that mean that someone like a Dean Kent plays more midfield or someone like a, a Billings or does Dean Kent moving into the midfield, a forward line, move a Billings into the, for, uh, into the midfield or my preference, Jay Gresham into midfield? Oh, sorry, just... Jay Gresham's so good. Say it again. Gresham. He's so good. Oh, I love watching him play. Um, so Matt Parker, I do think is viable. I've actually got him in my side currently just because I'm looking for as many forward options as I possibly can right now in rookies because I think that I'm only going to try and go to um, F3 and then have rookies. So F4 will be rookie, F5 rookie, F6 rookie. The problem is at the moment, all of the value rookies are all in defense, but I want to try and load up on defenders that take kickouts that are value options. So... I've actually got five defenders deep at the moment. Jesus. Um, yeah, I know. Um, which So the fifth D5 right now is um, Zach Williams. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I am looking for forwards. I've got him there at the moment. I'm not sure if he plays round one, but we'll see. The next one also I'm very interested in. Nick Hine, 117k mid. Mature age recruit again. Played two and a half seasons in the Essendon VFL team. And uh, he actually went viral last year. Uh, with a highlight in the, uh, I think it was in the uh, elimination final in the uh, VFL. He has electric pace and agility off the wing and half back. Um, and I don't, do you remember seeing that ridiculously pacey guy run straight through the middle of the of the field in a Bombers jersey, lace out to James Shaw on the run and kick the goal after the siren? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was Nick Hine. Nice. So absolutely electric pace. Um, he finished sixth in the JJ Liston Trophy. If there's a spot in defense or on the wing... He's going to be taking that up. He's absolutely lightning quick. Um, he's tall. They're both hard positions to yeah. fill now. I mean, Hanabry will probably play. What is he more inside or outside this year? Do you think? I think Hanabry plays inside. But then they've already got so many inside players. Maybe, but I think some of them, like uh, Armitage, doesn't play. Um, no, not Armitage. Anymore. But I mean, you've still got Steele. You've still yep. got. Um, Akers was playing on a wing. Yeah, Akers was wing. Um, Seb Ross as well. Seb Jack. Ross had a career best yeah. season. I'll go through some of this. Yeah, where do these guys fit? That's I think if I had one thing to say about the Saints overall is that I've got no idea how they line up round one. I have no idea because they've got so many people coming back from injury, so many people that played quite a few games that probably deserve a spot, yeah. so many mature age recruits and, and top draft picks that they could definitely put into fill into a, a list spot. Um, they just have a lot of options. So I, I'll be interested to see how they go. But Nick Hines, one that I'm very, very interested in. He averaged 22 disposals in the VFL, including 15 kicks, 3.7 marks, 2.5 tackles, and half a goal a game in the VFL. That's uh, bodes well. He's also 180 centimeters and 75 kilos. So, um, yeah. Not bad. Uh, born in 94, which is, what, 22 years old. I think the Saints need to mix it up too. So if someone like some of these young guys take their opportunities, I think they're going to get it. Yeah. Um, another mature age recruit, number six, pick number 67, uh, Robbie Young, 117k forward, kicked 19 goals in 19 games for North Adelaide in the sample in a premiership year, has X factor and spark and provides depth in the position. Obviously considered that small forward or inside mid, um, that, uh, small pressure forward. Again, another mature age recruit as a forward. Yeah. Why are they picking these guys? So it's interesting to see how because they- Billings and Gresham are going in the midfield. Yep. Uh, Hopefully. And then they also picked pro- arguably the pick of the rookie draft, uh, Callum Wilkie. Now, this guy, I looked at his stats and I was just like, yeah, what? We're not going to lie. Chris messaged me straight up and um, I didn't want to see him for at least 48 hours after that. Uh, he's straight in my team. He was a bit excited. See? He's literally straight in my team. Um, I couldn't couldn't put pull my finger off the insert button fast enough. Um, mature age recruit. <laughs> I was trying to work it out. Finger, insert, button. We got there eventually. Yeah, I got there. Uh, third tall intercepting defender who won the best and fairest at North Adelaide. So North Adelaide is important because um, he's also a teammate of uh, the previous pick, Robbie Young. So they obviously got two guys from the Sandfall. Um, I argue both good mates. Uh, but this is the rookie defender that everyone should start and everyone should look for in the JLT. I'm not sure if he starts round one, but if he gets a gig, you've got to have him. He's 22 years old. He averaged 25.5 disposals, including 20.5 kicks. So he heavily kicks the ball, very much like a Harris Andrews type defender. 8.6 marks, which is insane. 
Four rebounds per game, 2.5 tackles, and kick five goals because he did float forward and kick goals. 41% of his disposals are contested. He's a 191-centimeter defender at 87 kilos. Lock him up. Lock him up. You lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock him up. No, that's um, great. And contested possessions as well. Being able to win your own ball is oh. huge. Um, otherwise, you get guys. This is the sample. This isn't like some rookie league like the well, Neefle. Well, but it's been proven because you know people like your Rory Sloans and your Crips and stuff. They're good at being able to get their own ball, yeah. right? So when you go into the first and you go into AFL, being able to win your own ball is crucial. Otherwise, you end up flopping. Um, you end up like a niche. Yep. Uh, who was the one that went from Melbourne to Port Adelaide and just got delisted? Couldn't win his own ball to save his life either. Um, uh, Dom Tyson. No, no. Uh, Dom Barry. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. No, no, he got, he left and then came back, don't worry. Um, anyway, anyway, but if you can't win your own ball, you're not going to do that well. Yeah, and, you know, as an intercepting fetter, so someone who could read the play, you know, behind the ball, he can come in day one and make an impact. The problem is, how do they line up? Who's injured? Does Nathan Brown even get any gig, any, a gig anymore? Like, I would love to see how they line up in the JLT and then how they line up in round one. If he's in a round one side, I'm, I'm like, you can't get me out of that quick enough. Um, Definitely, definitely, definitely looking at him for sure. Uh, now, we'll move on to the premiums. Um, and the first one that I like to talk about is Jimmy Webster. Um, I do consider him a premium. He burst onto the scene with some impressive numbers this year. Um, enough to get me on board in mid-season, which unfortunately burnt me along the way. But he did add some great scores there. He was injured on three separate occasions, which was incredibly frustrating. He averaged 103.8 before getting injured on 13 in round 13. Um, never came back the same um, and was on his way to a great score in round 17 as well, where he didn't come back on when he had a score of 71. So another injury um, ended into that night. Uh, his true average is actually 92.5. So a lot of value, especially in draft. And he was also the primary kick taker while he was playing. Um, so him and Savage pretty much almost evens, but Webster was above. The only reason Savage ended the year with more is purely because um, Webster was out for so many games and Savage played 21 or 22. So Webster's pretty much the primary kick taker. Savage is, is a secondary. You know, whoever's closest to the ball, I think, is probably winning that battle. But they do want the ball in Webster's hands as much as possible. He's also seen as a designated kicker out of defense. Um, so when they're trying to transition the ball, they try to get it in his hands. Robertson, uh, to, to, to go to that uh, question there by J.R. Stiff, is Robertson going to be taking any kickouts? Not at all if they're in the team. Rupertin will not take any kickouts in the slightest, and so that will not be an impact on whether or not you choose Roberton. Fair call. So, uh, Jimmy Tumpus was the one I was thinking of. Ah, uh, yes. Um, based yeah. on, like, so he was picked four outside. <laughs> Never he, seen him play a good game. No, no, that's what I mean. He was an outside player, couldn't yep. get his own ball. So you go to AFL, same as uh, Aish, outside player. So that's why teams now are focusing on not picking... Outside plays in the first time 10 picks. I, rec- I, I respect that. Yep. Um, so we just had uh, Ace Platinum just commented and said, Hey guys, if I had to guess your names, I'd say that the one, the person on the left is Bert and the person on the right is Ernie. <laughs> well done, sir. I like the banter. Um, my name is Chris. I am Ben. <laughs> and we are so Super Which Kitchen one am I then? Which one's the not old, grey looking guy? Uh, left. I'm guessing I'm the left one because I'm, uh, so I must be Bert, which makes sense. He's the older one, right? He looks the, he's got the sort of receding hairline. I don't know. Jeez, this um. Sorry about the uh. If this if you're watching this on YouTube, we're having afternoon sun coming. Yeah, in look here, at so. this. It's got the pie stripes as yeah. well. Oh, it looks like look, a jersey. It does. Oh. It looks like an actual jersey. I respect that. And anyway, <laughs> what are you trying I'm to trying to get the sunlight to reflect off my lines thing. In the oh, end, okay. I'm just waving my tits about. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so look, I do think that he's uh, definitely a valuable draft selection. I don't think that you can really select um, Jimmy Webster in standard because he's 472k. Um, and there are other options around his price that I think are more valuable with less of an injury history. But in draft, I think he's really, really good. He's not terrible if you want to go him in standard, Jimmy Webster, but um, you'd have to be confident that he'd be able to play out the year and not get injured as much as he was last year. So yep. if his body's 100%, and he's, he's, you know, he's in the preseason now, he's fine, but um, we'll see how we go. Big one next one was uh, Seb yeah. Ross. I like, I like Sebby Ross. 558k mid. Um, seriously stadium stated himself this year as a premier midfielder in 2018, finished the year off in a flurry, averaging 125 in the last six, including a score of 79. He just had, that's crazy. He had two one fifties in that. Like, so do you reckon he can like break out further or he needs to improve his bottom end. So yeah. he also had a one sixty in the, in round five, 
but he had six scores under 80 with two scores under 60. Oh, that hurts. And when I looked at them, it there was no reason like why they why they were under 60. He just had an off night. Yeah. Two scores under 60 really hurts. So if he improves, improves that, he could then push 100%. up. 100%. He needs to get them to yeah. an 80, and then he's in 110 averaging forward. Yeah. Uh, midfield. Midfielder. So. Um, I do think he's entering the primaries of his career. Rarely gets tagged because you've got someone like Jack Stevens still yes. there that gets tagged quite a lot. Great great draft option because he can yeah. win you a game any any given week. No, I'm with you with draft on that one. Super unique at 558k. He's the same price as, say, a Dane Beams with potential to go better because he's younger. So he's still got... I reckon he's still got another gear. I reckon he does have another gear. I've, we haven't seen it yet. I don't think we've seen well, it yet. Well, imagine the Saints start winning games this year. Yeah, maybe. That's a 110 average waiting to happen. So um, I'm really looking forward to Seb Ross. I'm looking... I will look out for him in draft. And if, if I can pick... I might pick him up at, say... I think he averaged 102. I think I might pick him up at, say, a 103, 104. When, you know, just before... Yeah, in that bracket of 10, you'll yeah. probably try and jump him. So I might... Get, yeah, I'm looking at him seriously. Um, Shane, I like it. Shane Savage, 481k defender. He obviously led the kickouts with Webster um, doing Webster's thing. What's not a good sign is he's never played a full season. So whether it be through form or injury, like I know at the Hawks, he just wasn't played yeah. as much as he has been at the Saints. However, he's um, so he hasn't really been super reliable, but I do see value from him in draft. In standard, there are better options. He only had five tons with one, the only one above 107. So then he, and that was a 121. So he doesn't really have a, a big ceiling, but he's fairly consistent with his scoring pattern. So again, good for draft, not great for standard, but that's someone who I see there. Mid prices, so your mate Billy Longer. Yeah, oh no, only because he was cheap. And I figured being the number one ruck, he could actually make you some coin, which was the only thing. I think um, he'll still make you coin because he's going to still get, yeah, probably yeah. still averages 70, 75, maybe 80 at the absolute stretch. We'll see. Um, I've officially ruled him out and I've got a, I, I went into some deep analysis with Billy Longer as to why, because I was actually going to put him as R3 along with Shane Mumford. He can cover the first two rounds and then make me some cash along the way. Um, I've officially ruled that out uh, uh, as of two days ago when I did this research. So the big reason why a lot of people were considering is because obviously now with Hickey out, he's going to be the sole ruck, but they never played together anyway. They were never, no, they were never playing in the same team. It was just either you know, they're playing longer or they're playing Hickey. So that's one thing. And now they're forced to choose longer. Well, yeah. most likely. Now, the big thing of reasons why people pick him is because in the back end of, of 2017, he had a, a three or four game average of, it was 90 something. It was a, He had a, if you hit a few tons and then got injured and then was out. So people do consider that as value. However, the tons that he hit in that period, he had 107 versus Jordan Roughhead, who was an easy beat Ruckman pretty much. And uh, yep. Pies have got him in. He's probably not even going to play ruck for them. No, he'd be a key defender. The 119 and 111 versus Nank, who, again, not a great tap ruckman. So he just get like, Nank, uh, opposition ruckman generally score pretty well against Nank, but he also knows Slash as well and scores quite well against anyone as well. But he's one that definitely opposition rush, ruckman do score quite heavily against. The other one was 123 against Lysette. And the last one was 108 versus Max Gorn, which is the only sort of mare. And the reason why I've highlighted that is because uh, Billy Longer had six free kicks for, and Gorn had five against. I actually remember this game where Gorn just went like, at one stage I just remember Gorn to me like, I don't know, like, well, what can I do here? Like he was just getting soft ruck freeze and, and Gorn was just having none of it. And then of course, Gorn just started to not ruck like he would normally ruck because he was just getting called for every single stupid free kick in the ruck. So I would say that that's completely cancelled out. The last year's his only decent score was a 94, and that was against Jared Witts. I, I'm not taking him on board at all, and I think it. But should a high draft drafts. pick, and he's young, so Ruckman generally gets better as they get older. How old is Billy Long not now? That, He'd be 25, 26. Yeah, most Surely. rucks don't peak until they're 27. Yeah, unless your name's Brody Grundy. Is it Grundy? <laughs> it's Grundy. <laughs> worth it. Um, anyway. So I've just got here avoid, avoid, avoid. He's not on my list at all anymore. And I'm now looking towards Naismith or Zach Clark, but we'll have a look at um, at some other rock, rock, rock options there. Sam Draper might come into calculations. Um, so um, other mid prices, Blake uh, Blake Akers, 480k forward mid, average 88. Yeah, he started off great though. Yeah, it's, it's well, I've said here, it's unfortunate he's so heavy priced going into the season because he started the season with a bang, averaging 98.5 in the first seven of his first eight games. 
Um, he then got injured and didn't return until round 19, where he averaged 74.2 over the last five. Role would be important. When he was um when he was doing that, you and you watched quite a lot of yeah, these yeah. games as well, playing on the wing as a link player. Yeah. And putting the ball inside 50, and which was odd because he's a tall guy. Mm. Um, I don't have the exact figures on, but he would be 190, right? Like he's a tall midfielder. Oh, I don't know if he's that tall. He's and, definitely on the wing side. But he played that role um, perfectly as a as a great link option, moving uh, sprinting up the wing and delivering inside fifty, he was really good. As uh, so, long as twenty five too, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah. So he's the same age as Grundy, right? Yeah, sure. Same. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, one point nine one meters. Um, so look, someone I think that one point nine one. Yeah, 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 one ninety one. Yeah. So one thing. So think thing about Acres is that I wouldn't mind him in draft. I would never take him in um, in standard this no, year. I'm with you, uh, he's worth the risk in draft. I think yeah, he's, but yeah. his forward mid in in draft, you can take him. I'd take him at 88 comfortably. Yeah. I think he's all Because if you lose that. points, I don't think you're going to lose too many, maybe five. I but think I think he could, go, he could go up seven could, points. Could yeah. average you 93, 94, 95. Yeah. Like something like that. Like I think he's. So I think he's got enough either way. He could go. I think there's enough upside to him. But if you lose, I don't think you'll lose too much. So picking him at 88 sounds yeah. about right because the risk is there. As long there. as his body's okay. Yeah, correct. But mm. the risk reward is you'll either push up a few or you might lose a few, but he's still fairly safe. Yeah. So I, I agree. Don't, I don't mind him. You should be able to pick him up pretty late at 88 in a forward role. I think that that's pretty good. Um, Dan Hanabry is probably the one on everyone's lips, and there's a lot to love. And here's the funny thing with Dan Hanabry. I think he's great. Yep. Like, I was big on him when he what, averaged 90, I think it was like 97, and then I put him in my standard side the year after that, and he went, or oh, 116 or whatever it was, yep. or 113, 116. He's gone pretty big a couple of times. So he had, he had yeah, a high 90s, then he had two successive seasons yep. at 110 plus, yes. and then he dropped back to 97, and then he went to 60, which was this most recent. Correct. Year. And I think even with draft, when you're looking at it, A, I think he'll be popular in standard. Yeah, I think he'll be popular in draft as well, and he will probably go earlier than you would want him to. As me picking him when up, when you want to pick him oh, up, yeah, yeah, exactly. When you would want to pick him up, but people will pick him up earlier, a because of his name. But secondly, Chris, people are going to pick him up at ninety if, average. If he was playing at Sydney again, I think he would slide a bit later. Going to a brand new team, everyone has this oh new perception on oh he's a new team now. Maybe he'll bounce back. To his old form, right? So now all of a sudden in their mind, his value just goes up. Yeah. So you're picking true. him as your mid five instead of as like an M6 or an M7. Based on the way that I like to select people, and I actually go into a draft pre cocked, like, and we've discussed this before, where I say, what's his estimated return? What's his uh, other average? Divide that by two, and, and that's where I want to try and pick him up. I think he can probably average a 105. Yeah. So that's a that, that's a max. So that's why we, more like we approach things a little bit differently because you go, okay, so this is where I think he'll average, this is where he did average, and then you find the common ground in the middle. Yeah. Whereas I kind of go through and go, okay, so I have my list and I just highlight those of value. So then when I kind of get down to it, I'm like, okay, so this person's here. Or if they get taken, then I go next best and I start looking at that. Yeah. Um, whereas your way is probably better, but it just takes more time. It's a bit more time continuing, but based on that, it means that I should well, you, try and get... pick him up at about 82. I reckon people are going to pick him up at about 90. Yeah. I reckon people value him that much that it's going to be like that. And look, by his own admission, he had a really terrible year and it's been ongoing for two years where he's just had injuries after injury and just could not get off the park. Um, he did, He obviously had hamstring awareness recently. So um, just before Christmas, hamstring awareness. It's basically just tight hamstring and he didn't want to risk well, it. Well, Chris... I wanted some clarification on the meaning of that. Okay. Um, I tried to actually send an email and a phone call, but got nothing, funnily enough. Nothing. Well, that's surprising. Nothing. The AFL player nothing. did not reply to your yeah, email. Yeah, I, I know. So anyway, I had to Google it, and apparently, <laughs> I had to Google it, Chris. And I, I, you know, I like the old Google, but I had to Google it, and apparently hamstring awareness is where guys just get around and talk about hamstrings. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Just get around it. Just talk about it. You it's know? it's. I'm aware that it's tight. That's yeah. what. It, that's literally what it they means. They get around in a group and say, uh, "I've been struggling." Actually, a hamstring awareness. Yeah. I, I have, my name's Dan Hanbury, yeah, and exactly. I have a tight hamstring. Yeah, Hi, exactly. Dan. Hi. Hi, Dan. How long have you been suffering from a tight hamstring? Well, I went for a run the other day, so it's been ongoing for three seasons and two months. Um, <laughs> that's legitimately what happens. Yeah. They so they out. just take his taper his training load off. Yeah. And that's good. And they just talk about it. Um, so, look, he knows that he's got... A, and he wants to play, obviously, midfielder. And I, he, he will get the minutes. They, they didn't trade the farm to get Dan Hanabry yes. for him to not produce good numbers. So I And think they've got enough going outside to... players as far as um, yeah, Blake Akers. Yeah. Um, even Gresham and stuff could push up a bit. I think... Way. So, of the of the four of the uh, big mid prices of this year, we so with the four are Aaron Hall, 390-something K, I think 394-something. Uh, Anthony Mars, 344K. 
Dan Hanbury 326K and, and Tom Libertore 300 flat. Of those four, in my opinion, Dan Henry has the highest ceiling. Number one. So, therefore, not it's not necessarily about, okay, can he make you money? It's can he be a keeper? Can he be the Coniglio of last year? Ooh, that'd be nice. That's why I That's why I think I can choose Dan Henry because I don't think any of the others can actually be a keeper. They're all stepping no. stones. Not only that, if you picked up Diego Mira with a busted body... At low three hundred, you could pick a Dan Hanabry who yeah, has what, been three eighteen or something. Yeah, who has what, been what a top ten? He's been a top ten midfielder. You can do it twice. I think that there's room in there for one of those players. Yeah, um, I'm currently. I wouldn't load up. No, um, and if you're going to choose two or you've got another one, the only other one I'd look at is Liberatore, but only because his price. So if he's a stepping stone, which I think that he, they all, you know, the other three are, at least he's so low that you'll make enough money to yeah. make it worth it. Whereas I don't think the um, the other guys are going to make enough money to value that that, that position in your team. So yep. that's what I think about it. Um, we're, I think we're pretty much in agreement yeah, across you. the board there. Um, now onto David Armitage, uh, slightly more relevant because he's got forward status this year. So he's a yep. forward mid. Becomes more draft relevant. Yeah, draft relevant only. Four twenty eight k, average seventy eight this year. So I seem to if he gets mid time, he can obviously push that up a bit. But he played a hell of a lot of minutes forward this year. Yep, and he kicked a couple of goals, which is probably the only reason he yeah. did actually average 78. So they had a couple of injuries in mid-season, and then uh, he had a four-game patch of 112 average. So that proves, you know, obviously he can score. Yeah. But his role's not there right now. His body's not been up to it the last couple of seasons. So where he sits this year is anyone's guess. If you want to take a punt on him, he averaged 78. You'll pick him up really late. Maybe he's on your bench. David Armitage might slip to a bench this year. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen. It'll be on the bench and they'll be like, oh, who do you say? You'll be like, um, Titch? Yeah. yeah. And he could bust you an 85-90 average. Yeah, like he, he could. He could. But, who knows? Or he could be playing VFL and get you, and get you nothing. zero. Get you donuts. I mean, if Barlow doesn't even get a go for the Suns, I mean, Armitage could easily so be, true. Easily be I'm shafted. I'm still butthurt about Barlow. Um, yeah, no doubt. Anyway, uh, the one that I think has massive, massive relevance this year is... Uh, and mainly because there's not really much forward mid-price irrelevance. You know, outside of Joe Danaher, who I've crossed out. And Toby Green. Toby Green, who's sort of coming back into calculations because he started running again. But yeah, I'm still up in the air Believe about it. when he runs for two weeks with that injury. Oh, same with Dean Kent. So Dean Kent, 278k forward. He averaged 64 for the year. However, only played five games injury. Previous years, he's also had injury. So this is a very high risk. He's a very high risk, high reward type player. The three games he didn't um, injure himself, he he got 97, 113, and 105. That gives him a three-round average of... Oh, sorry, a three-round average of, of 97, uh, including 113 and 105. The other one was 79. Yep. I'd rather let someone else just take the punt on him, Chris. Well, I'm thinking if he comes out in the JLT and busts a, a decent scores in JLT 1 and 2 and plays a you know, high half-forward role with some mid-rotation minutes and gets decent scores, he could sneak into some standard teams. Not see this, Chris? You're not interested? It's a stink face. Look, I'm I'm not interested because I don't have the cash to play him and I'd rather Jeez. do a rookie forward line, but there's there's that other issue as well with forwards this year. Remember, remember that big hype and everyone started to think of what a great idea he was for a nice cheap option. Remember that Tom Bell fella? <laughs> Mate, don't do it. Dean Kent, good for you draft. Could a, you could have a massive you could, point You there. could put him on your draft bench in a deep man league 18. Yeah, sure, go for it. Put him as your F5. Or on your bench, do not put him in your super coach standard side. I think he might sneak don't. onto my field in draft. I think I might get him yeah, at, draft. at F5. F5, yeah, yeah exactly. But and that would be acceptable. I'm just leaving don't the window it. open slightly. It is a, look, a breeze could, a very light breeze could close it. Chris, you know what happens if you leave your window open? <laughs> what happens? You leave yourself open and susceptible to things happening to you. Oh, and I won't, I won't put in the words. This but lighting is... I, 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 know. I don't know if it adds more... No, it doesn't, Chris. It, it actually adds some... When, especially when you look down, it goes right to your middle of your nose. Does it really? So when you look down, see? That's pretty funny. <laughs> and all it's doing Do is highlighting... Just, it's just highlighting your neck now. Just to, We just might uh, adjust this lighting just a little bit. Oh, that's too much. Go the other way. <laughs> there we go. No, keep going. Get it back. Go all the way. No, not that far. A little bit that way. There we go. That's enough. Uh, a little bit more that the other way. There we go. That'll do. Now we can actually see us. We've got a few lines, but we're good. Uh, oh, now, a few lines? Why don't you say so? <laughs> <laughs> He's up, Mumford. 
Oh. Oh, should we call you Benel? Mumford and Sons. Um, Mumford and Sons. Now, Dylan Robertin. So I have touched on Dylan Robertin um, a little bit, but I just wanted to go through him. Um, obviously, um, had heart issues and you know, that was really serious and he looks like he's going to be back round one this year. However... I do want to see him play. I'd want to see him play. Um, he's done this twice before. So um, if you've watched Robertin over the last few years, it's this, it's been... One year he had a different role than another year. Then then he, uh, like he averaged ninety and had a, a role conducive was the main kick out, uh, not kick out taker, but designated kicker. They looked to get the ball into his hands to switch the football. Yep. Um, a lot like Harris Andrews is doing at well, Brisbane it, last year. It's funny. I'll just interrupt you quickly. So a few years ago, when he actually had that ninety average season, ninety two, I think. Yeah, it was, he started yeah. off horrible, and then I think he played a bit of midfield and actually got a, a bit going on on the wing and stuff like that. And then he had a really good, like, 100, 100, 100. You brought him into your draft side. Yep. So he's 90 average. People think, oh, wonderful. So they put him in their side. The year after, the average, like, 70 odd. Yep. Horrible, horrible year. So pe- then, people picked him as a premium to break out. Yeah, right. And then. Did horrible. Dropped off. The year forward. after that, I picked him in my draft side for value. Starts off amazingly, like, you know, lots of hundreds, 120s. He's averaging, like, 110 or 115 at the start of the year. Yep. And then I was like, okay, now finally I can bring him into my side, and then like 80, 80, 80, yeah. and just goes downhill. Ends up averaging like 98 from the year, which is down from like 115 or whatever he was. He was killing it, nearly 120, I think. He was just flying. Yeah. So realistically, you're looking at, okay, so he's had two half seasons. Yeah. And that's it. Two half seasons in a four-year period. Yeah, I, I think he's probably the biggest trap of the year. I think that there's a much, much higher chance that he averages between 75 and 80 than he does averaging 90 plus. Yep. So, and even if he goes bang, it's not going to make you make, enough cash. Well, the problem is, is that, like I said before, he either starts slow or he has a good patch to start. Yeah. He's done it in opposites. He had a slow start and then a good end, and then he's had a good start and a bad end. Yeah. So even if you're picking him up, he might go you well. He might get you ahead of the game for a half a season. But either way, you have to trade him. Yeah. He's I not going to be someone all year round because he's not consistent. The for consideration the whole year is this, from in my opinion. So I like the guy. I, I do like Robert I like as the well. guy. I, and yeah. So where's the role for him? So Web, let's say they're back six. So you've got Webster and Savage are designated kickers and they take the kick outs. So there goes the, like the real big defender points. Then you've got Carlisle and Brown, obviously. Um, and then you have maybe him in the pocket taking the third tool, right? So that's really how I see it. Or the resting Ruckman. That's how I see it. Then he floats across and, you know, and intercepts and does that. What I don't see, what I also see is Nathan Brown getting injured or Carlisle getting injured and then him being switched straight to that key defender role, which then he doesn't. He can't get those intercept possessions like he was. Doesn't get the the cheap handballs, etc., to release the ball. But um, they are bypassing um, him to go directly to Webster or Savage by foot because they've just got that long penetrating kick. He is accurate by foot, but I put him in the same bracket as Harris Andrews, as I said. Accurate by foot, really accurate, but he doesn't really take the risky kicks on. He's not the penetrating kick that um, they say a Webster or a Savage are. He's just that safe kick option. So see how it works out. I mean, if, if you want to go him. You'd have this is what you're betting against. You could probably put him at what D five. You wouldn't have him at D four. You might have him at D four, but I mean, with defenders this year, I think that there's going to be a large trend towards having more defenders now that take kickouts. So you like like what I'm doing, which is going five deep. So if you're having him at D five, there's probably going to be a sorry five deep. Short, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's probably going to be a. Um, a rookie that's going to be able to average around the same or more because there's a lot of good defender rookies. At this early stage, there is a lot of rookie defenders that look like they're going to be able to score well and are going to be on your field. So you're going to basically verse him against someone who's going to cost you 124 grand, which means you lose the cash. You're not making it, You're not going to really gain that much points anyway, even if you do, which means it's not going to be worth it long term. So I think that it's a wasted pick. People can choose their own decision about the, about him, but in my opinion, yeah, it's fair. avoid. Okay, fair call. All right. Jack Billings. <laughs> Burnt you hard last year, didn't you? Yeah, and then I got rid of him finally, and then he actually came out and did a couple of good things. So yeah. go figure. Look, um, Although, thankfully, to be fair, I can't be, I think, I can't be that upset because I think I went Jack uh, Billings down to somebody, and then I was able to upgrade and bring in um, Rewalt. So yep. I was able to upgrade um, our mate from GWS Ford line. Oh, so I can't Toby Green? His name. No? no, no. No, you wouldn't upgrade. 
Anyway, oh, um, anyway uh, Jack Billings. So look, I didn't Charles get Langdon or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I didn't actually get on the Billings train last year, which um, which means, was great. But in round one, I was reading it. Means you can round, get on him this year. Round one, he went one hundred and thirty three, and I was like, no. Why did I go? Uh, who did I go instead? I don't even know. Probably Mason Cox. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was really regretting it, and he did burn a lot of people. Um, he was promised more mid time and was hyped to go fifty fifty, and didn't get any of it. I think it was more like 80-20, so forward line to midfield. Like, he did, didn't play any Apparently this time. year, it's 50-50. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, look, and it, largely because they had so many injuries, they needed some someone that could score up forward. So he was left down forward. So I think that maybe with a full complement and these mature age recruits, he could get that extra mid-time. Chris, here's my theory. Trusting players and coaches talking about midfield time, 50-50, it's basically... It's like trusting your woman when she says she's on the pill. You should trust them. But can you really trust them? I can say that. Can you really trust them? Don't trust them. Trust them at your own peril because Lord knows what you're getting yourself into. You have a point. That's Va- valid, valid point. Thank you. Valid point. Trust them at your own this peril. This is why they've invented the pill for men now. Do you know that? No. They've developed a new contraceptive pill for men. Is it like a breast mint? Uh, I think it's just like a pill. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, it right. was, and you know what's funny, like, like, so we're sort of getting a little yes. bit off track, but the feminist movement, etc. they're like, oh, as if you would trust your, um, a, a guy to take the pill. I'm like, it's the same the other way around. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. I know this relationship's going downhill quick. How can I save it? <laughs> anyway, all good. We'll get off that track now. Just a little oh. one. Ice, ice truck killer 69. Hey, Bet, how you going? Um, he said, uh, is this that photo of Ben and Zorko at the coffee shop in the background? <laughs> The photos actually up there are they're old um, family photos of my partner. Um, so, yeah. If, yeah, I should have taken a photo so then you would all believe me and have that framed. We will actually be, um, when we move into that new townhouse that we have very shortly, uh, we will be decking, it's going to be my man room, which is going to be pretty fun. So I can desk deck it out with all my memorabilia that I've got. I've got a stack of Pies memorabilia and Liverpool do. memorabilia and Broncos memorabilia. I'm going to tag Dane Zorko in every post on Twitter until he replies. <laughs> do you remember me? Do you remember that time? <laughs> I don't think he's got a reply. Answer me. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you love me? <laughs> um, so look, he could get the time. So look, uh, look, I'm, I'm definitely high. Like he only averaged eighty. Massive draft value. Oh, huge! Because people are going to avoid him this year. People got him as their first forward, and then I'm happy picking him up as say eighty five, ninety, ninety at, in a forward yeah. role. So I'm, yeah, I, I think I'm keen. Good. I'm keen. Um, now breakout contender. Here we go. Big one here. So I asked um, uh, Ben last night when I was doing this research, uh, name someone who in the uh, Saints, Saints midfield that had in the last nine games average 111. And I said David Armitage. Yeah. Um, no, you said, what did no. you say? You no, said, I didn't hear the fact you said midfield. You said Gresham. I said Gresham because I knew you were big on the Gresham yeah. train, so I thought it was just an excuse to talk about Gresham. No. I didn't hear the uh, pertaining uh, details regarding the midfield position, so I apologise. Yeah, and it's uh, Jack Steele. Um, went so big. Went big in the back end of the year. 512k mid, averaged 94.4 at the end of it. Um, so he obviously went up from his previous average of 91. Um but two one forty plus scores in that zone, um, definitely one I'll be targeting in draft. Hundred percent, way under value at ninety four. I think you could pick him up at say a ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, and pe- he's not someone that really is on a lot of people's radars, um, in my opinion. No, I think people will let it slide. Um, yeah, again, I don't know if you can um, a five twelve k Jack Steele and standard. Who would you pick up first? Though? Would you pick up a Steele or would you think Jack Stevens more value? Then they're both at the same average. Good segue. I love the segue. That's literally the next person. Yeah, I know, but they're around the same average, though, because even uh, Stephen provides so much value based on he has averaged you 105 plus. Uh, Only reason why I would say Jack uh, Jack Steele is better than Jack Stephen is because of the age. So Jack Stephen is, what, 31, I think, Um, whereas Jack Steele is only like 24. True. So I think maybe even younger than that. So he's got a lot more gears to go. And he also also had, uh, I think it was... Surgery the season before, yeah, so the start of that season. That's probably why he started a bit slower. And the other thing with Jack Steven is he just gets tagged out of games. No, I was talking about Steele had. Yeah, yeah I know. The, but the, he didn't start the year too well because he had um, he was in a moon boot and stuff. I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was the year prior. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so with Jack Steven, obviously, I mean, look, they only averaged point two difference between the two. Um, his last, but that was a massively inflated score as well. His last game, he got a one fifty four. Right. So you take that out of the equation, he only averages ninety one. 
So, well, if you take ten years out of the equation, I'm only twenty two. <laughs> yeah, if you start, if you start just like altering facts, just to well, you get into a slippery slope yeah, when you exactly. start altering stats to to please your. He, well, agenda. it's like saying if Buddy Franklin didn't score you 170 in two of his final three games, he'd have you oh, a peanut. So annoying, right? Um, we'll get into anyway, that. so I, look, Jack Stephen, he gets the tag. At the end of the day, um, he gets shut down. He's a downhill skier. And that's why I would never choose him in standard, but I, or, or draft, like to me, I'll let someone else grab Jack Steven. I'd rather grab Jack Steele than Jack Steven, and he averaged less. So when someone grabs Jack Steven, you know that my next pick's going to be Jack Steele. Well, how about we have one of each and see who averages more? Oh, is that a bet? No. Because I can see a bet coming on. I, don't, I knew you would gladly take the other way, but um, Jack Steven has some horrible games, so I don't know if I'd like to take that. Bet. Fair call, fair call. Um, last mid mid price, so Jade Gresham. I was big on him. The first person on my team sheet this year was Jade Gresham, actually. And then as the off-season sort of progressed, and I started looking at his scores and the inconsistency and then his role, and then I started going, yeah, can't do it. So <laughs> You said he was lucky. I know, I know, I know. Um, obviously, I really like him. I think he's fantastic. I liken him to Jordan Degoe in the way that they can both impact games, especially forward of the ball. And miniature Jordan Degoe. Yeah, right. Very miniature. But, you know, they both can kick bags on their day. The, the, the thing is, he should be getting more mid, midfield time, but they just drafted in Dan Hannery. They've got Hunter Clark they want to get more games in. They've got all these new recruits. They want Billings the midfield time. Like Again, what we said at the start of the pod, how does Saints line up round one? Where is Jade Gresham starting? If he starts in the midfield, you know what I'd the best part him. is? Gresham actually won me a draft round because there yeah. was the buy rounds. I needed somebody to play. And I was like, oh, Gresham versus, I think, Gold Coast. I'm like, he could do well. And yeah. it starts off okay. And then he kicked, he kicked the goal winner, too. Yeah. And he's like 130 or something. I love life. I love, I love Jade Gresham. So there's another hint. If you need a player, look for those versing weak opponents, especially forwards. Yeah. Um, look, he had five tons and five scores above 80, 80, which is 10, but that means that over his other 12 games, he had a dud score 50% of the time. Yep. So I'm just... Dud. Needs more midfield time to me to be considered. Yeah, and then that more draft value anyway. Yeah. Now, some draft special, um, Chris Quickly, Jack Sinclair provides a, a decent draft option in a late, for a late pick. He had three tons and five scores over 80 for his 77 average, so I think that he could provide some value late or on your bench. Um, only if really St. Kilda win more games, of course, can I see him increasing his average. Uh, one to watch is Logan Austin, um, yep. 412k. Just, again... I think he's in their rehab at the moment, though, Austin. Well, he only played seven games, but he averaged 88, 84.4. Yep. But there's no real spot in the team for him in the no. first 22. No, and like I said, I think he's in the last article I read, which is only today or yesterday, I'm pretty sure he is in their rehab. Yeah. So easing in, so... Yes. Last one is one to avoid. Now, we were big on this guy last year, Luke Dunstan, but unknown role this year, and um, and his kicking is a liability. He was dropped at times last year. Well, his kicking Literally was normally dropped. good. Last year was horrible, yeah. but the year before that, his kicking was uh, only second to Pendlebury or something. So Pretty much. Uh, I think he'll be okay. Um, I wouldn't be picking him early on, but no. Dunstan, you could do a lot worse because he gets you a lot of 80s. So realistically True. speaking, if you pick him... Go for draft on the bench, last spot, maybe. or even last. He's looking mid, for yeah. a mid, last mid, or in your bench, you can't. You can but do worse. He gets you. Whether or not he's in the best twenty-two again, I, I don't I, know I anymore. Think he, he, well, yeah, there was talk of him maybe leaving at yeah. the end of last year, so I'd be interested to see how it goes. See how it goes, but definitely one to watch. Anyway, that pretty much wraps us up for it that. Does. Uh, thank you very much for those who have tuned in and have stayed with us, and. Um, yeah, we'll just reconfigure and see whether this lighting is worth continuing. Yeah, I think we can. We can get some better lighting up in here. Thanks, guys, and Thanks, have guys. a good one. Thanks, have a good one. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, because I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Care?